Welcome back to the Hindsight Podcast. My name is John, a.k.a. The Respectful Looker. I am looking respectfully. I lied. I'm looking disrespectfully. It is Friday, July 9th. Hope you're having an absolutely amazing day as always. Hopefully your week has been pretty great, pretty splendid. Had a pretty short week this week, right? Because Monday, pretty much everyone had Monday off. Pretty much everyone. Unless you like... You work at a food place, then you probably didn't have Monday off. You also probably didn't have July 4th off, unless you requested it off. Although July 4th really isn't, like, you don't really do much on July 4th towards, like, the end of the day. So, like, it depends on where you work. But that's getting into the semantics of all of it. Hopefully you had an absolutely amazing day. Hopefully you're staying safe, staying healthy, staying hydrated, all that good jazz. Uh, and, yeah, hopefully things are going well for you. <laughs> Uh, my day going pretty great, going pretty decent. I actually, I worked on the finance script again today. You know, a couple of days ago, two days ago, I talked about how I started it and that I was doing it a little bit differently. Like I was doing one, I split it in two, right? Like essentially the reading part and the writing part, if that makes sense. It's like what the read, the writing part, what I worked on last time, which is like, the script that would be able to write data to my finance spreadsheet that I've created to keep track of my finances, right? Working that last time, got it working great, did did well. So today I was working on the other part of the script, which would be actually getting the data that would be written to the spreadsheet, right? And so I mentioned last time as well that like my first attempt at this didn't really go so hot because like there's a lot of complications that came with trying to get the data directly from my bank account. And so I got the idea while I was recording that I could just copy the page, like my bank statement page, and paste it into a text file and it would work. That was the idea. So today I tried that and... Uh, Copy like, the first half of my account transactions, paste it into a text file, and conveniently, very, very conveniently, uh, the data is copied to the clipboard in like a very organized fashion, right? It simply takes up a few lines for each transaction, and then each line has like a different set of data that would be needed, right? So like first line has the merchant's name, next line has the date of the transaction, then skip a line. The next line has the actual transaction amount, right? So this is really good because like, in order for this way to be efficient, it, I, I shouldn't have to format the data, right? Like I should just be able to copy and paste it, quick two buttons, and then run the script, it should work. That way it's actually an efficient time saver than doing it myself, right? So with this, it's just already formatted and organized. And then also that makes pulling the data extremely easy because everything's on its own line, right? So I made the script that will read the text file and store each element as like its own variable, right? And then it will just move on to the next transaction, replace the information with the old information, with the new information, and then so on until it reaches the end of the text file. And it worked perfectly. It was great. I felt great. It's so now that both halves of the script were done. I made them separately, like in their own files. All I had to do now was like combine them together and then it should work. 
in theory. And of course, that was only in theory because <laughs> after I combined it, uh, it did not work at all. Like I tinkered around with it, like trying to make everything like, synced up correctly. And slowly but surely, I was seemingly beginning to get somewhere, right? Like like each attempt that I would make, or each like uh, fix that I would make, each edit I would make, I would run the script, see what happens, and then correct the next errors from there, whatever errors pop up from what I had just changed, right? And I just kept doing that, and each time, it was like getting better and better. Like, like the errors that were occurring were easier and easier to fix. Like they were simpler, more like syntax problems but instead of just like instead of actual like core code problems, right? And so I got to the point where like I felt like I had cracked the puzzle, right? Like I like I, I added some loops. I was like, okay, this is it. This solves the last error that has been occurring, so it should work this time. And so I ran it. And, uh, it, it didn't work technically. Well, it worked, but it didn't do what it was supposed to do. Uh, it instead broke absolutely everything. <laughs> Actually, it broke it so much so that it corrupted my finance spreadsheet file and the file couldn't be recovered. So I had to delete the entire file. <laughs> The entire spreadsheet had to go because it was corrupted. Like, I see the thing is, like, I'm no stranger to, like, my code breaking everything. Like, that's just, like, it's a common occurrence in programming. The more you do it, the more you're going to break stuff. Like, each project that you do, like, you're going to break stuff. That's just, it's going to happen. It's inevitable, right? Uh, so, because of that, at the beginning of me working on this script a couple days ago, I made a copy of the finance spreadsheet, just in case something like this happened. <laughs> Even though I didn't expect this to happen like this, it was just like, if I mess up some of the editing or whatever, I have a copy that I can always revert back to. So like, I didn't lose everything. I didn't have to remake the actual spreadsheet or the actual workbook and all that stuff. I had a copy of it. Uh, so not all that bad. I just have to now create a new copy of that copy that I could now work on in case I mess it up again. <laughs> But, uh, yeah, I wrapped it up there for the day. I was like, yeah, that's, I, I think I can call it there. Corrupting an entire file, an entire spreadsheet, I think that's a good place to, to call it quits. <laughs> uh, but now that I've, like, stepped away from it for a bit and, like, I've thought about it, I'm pretty sure the problem is that I accidentally created an infinite loop, which in turn meant that, like, the script was writing an infinite amount of data to the spreadsheet. And since it was being done by a script, like, Excel couldn't stop it from happening, right? And, like, Excel, Microsoft Excel, that is, it can only handle a little over, like, 15,000 rows of data. I should think the, the, what's the word I'm looking for? The specific number is, like, 18,724, something like that. Uh, but yeah, that is significantly below infinity. <laughs> so yeah, it would make sense that the file became corrupted since like there was more data in the file and the file itself could actually contain. So yeah, it just broke everything. Uh, but yeah, I wrote that down in my little journal. So, you know, I should try and close the open loop tomorrow. I'll check it out tomorrow. Uh, but yeah, once like I do that. I'll pretty much be finished. Because, like, the scripts 
work on their own. Like, but like the reading part works on its own. The writing part works on its own. It's just the combination of putting them together that messes everything up. But once that's figured out, I'll have my very own automated accountant slash bookkeeper. That's cool. <laughs> Actually, now that I think of it, because what I just said, that way, that just gave me an idea. Because, like, okay, so this actually might not make sense to anyone, but I have to say it out loud so that way it can make sense to me. Okay, so, like, if each aspect works on its own, right? Like, the reading part works on its own, the writing part works on its own. Instead of combining the two, I could just keep them separate as, like, their own methods. And then I could just call the method when I need it. And then I won't have to worry about infinite loops. I could just work each time that I call. That's actually genius. Because, <laughs> yeah, I could just call it one time. Yeah, that actually will work. Yeah, yep, yep, yep. Okay, wait, I need to write this down. Gotta write this down so I don't forget it for tomorrow. Because, like, if I do it that way, there would be no mixing of the code. Like, it, would, it would just work. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's good. <laughs> so hopefully tomorrow I can do this and it'll work. And then I can come to you tomorrow and say, hey, I have created my own automated accountant slash bookkeeper. Uh, but yeah, that was pretty much most of my day. Just some driving in the morning. Nothing eventful. But uh, oh, and some other technology related news. Actually, Nintendo announced a new switch the other day. Although it really isn't like a new switch, it's the same switch, but now on like an OLED screen. It's at the LCD display that like the current two versions of the switch has. And like, uh, essentially this switch is just like putting an OLED screen on the big boy version of the switch. Well, like the removable, removable Joy-Cons, that's the big boy version of the switch. Uh, so not the switch Lite, which is the one solid unit. So like if you're interested in actually purchasing this device, you know, make sure you know which one you're getting. If you're getting the removable Joy-Con one, they don't have a Switch Lite yet with an OLED screen. At least not now, as of today. Uh, but it's being released on my birthday, which is October 8th. And so, like, when I saw that, I felt like it was a pretty obvious sign that I should purchase said device. <laughs> but, like, other less impulsive John snapped me right back to reality and reminded me that, you know, we never really play our Switch that we currently have. So, like, there really is no point in spending money on a new one. Especially since it's literally the same exact device with a different screen. And it's like, we already know that like, that is not going to be enough to, like, make us use the device more than we currently already do. So, like, there really is no point. Like, I'm not, I wouldn't get back into the Switch or wouldn't play it enough to, like, warrant the purchase. Which is like a 100% correct thought process. And that is actually my advice to you as well. If you think you want to purchase this thing. If you already have a regular Switch. Like the removable Joy-Con Switch. Uh, it is most likely not worth the money to buy this new one. Because it's literally the same exact device. So like if you have a regular Switch. You probably plug it into your TV. You have it in the dock most of the time. So like the OLED screen won't even really affect you at all. Because you'll be looking at it on your TV screen which has nothing to do with the type of screen on the actual device. So, like, you're not going to really see it there. Also, if you use it in handheld mode, you're not going to see that much of a difference there either because, I mean, you'll get deeper blacks. Uh, you have a wider array of colors because it is OLED. But 
your games are still going to look the exact same because in terms of graphics, it's the exact same machine. So like you're not getting a, a graphics update. It's more like a color update. And if you're a male, that's definitely not going to affect you because you can't really see that many colors anyway. If you're a female, it might actually be a benefit for you. <laughs> but yeah. But like if you have a Switch Lite though, and you want to upgrade to the big boy, wow, it just started pouring outside randomly because like the sun was just shining through my window and like it just got dark and started pouring that's crazy <laughs> but yeah if you have a switch light and you want to upgrade to the big boy switch then yeah i think you should do it well you should wait until this oled one drops and then you should get that one since in your situation you are getting a completely new device you're getting uh the upgraded switch with the removable joy con instead of having the unibody switch i guess you can say and then also like if you don't have a switch at all and you want to buy one then yeah you should wait for the new oled one because that way you're getting in at the top of the line technology or if you don't even care about your screen resolution uh then once the new oled one comes out the lcd ones are more than likely going to go down in price so you can save a lot of money doing it that way so there's just some benefits if you wait, if you actually care about getting a Nintendo Switch, there you go. That's your Switch information for you. I personally enjoy the Switch. I think the Switch is an amazing device, despite the fact that I don't use it enough. Not because I don't like it, it's because I'm too busy doing other stuff. <laughs> to like have time to really like dive back into the, all the games that I have on my Switch. But the Switch is great because, one, Nintendo is really good at making like approachable consoles. Like, consoles that, like, you don't have to be heavy into gaming to really enjoy. Like, the PS5, you know, your, your new Xboxes, like, if you're not a big-time a big time gamer, like, a more heavy gamer, there's no point in purchasing such an expensive device. And also, it kind of, kind of like, raises the wall of entry into gaming. But with, like, a Switch, right? Like, everyone enjoys the Switch. My sister knows nothing about gaming whenever she's around she plays on my switch because it's enjoyable to play on for anyone of any gaming experience of all ages it's fun so there you go that's my pitch for the switch this is not sponsored but hey nintendo if you want to sponsor me <laughs> either way let's hop into the episode so this episode is based on the wonderful essay written by yours truly, Johnny K. And it's the essay that I had to write like early last month in my government class. I talked about it in the podcast when I actually had to write it and I was putting it off for a long time. Uh, but the essay itself didn't have to be formal. So it was more of a conversational type of essay, which means that it's very easy for me to adapt it into an episode. And also, I really like the research that I did for the essay, and it works really well for the episode, because just like in the essay, I can use, like, this certified, confirmed research to make my points. All of my points, uh, at least the points that I'm making, you know, they are completely my own opinion. They are just formed from the data that I'm presenting, I guess you can say. And with that, you can also now form your own opinions using same said same said data there you go <laughs> because the data isn't like you know politically charged it's just it's data that's data so you can draw your own conclusions from that actually quick side note on this topic so i figured out what i want to do 
with the idea that I had of doing like a Sunday episode that would be uh, more on the journalistic side, I guess you can say, kind of like this episode, but you know, with more editing. <laughs> and it would be more exploring like a wider range of topics that I think are interesting uh, in which like the information about them can be conveyed in uh, an interesting and entertaining manner. I think I've kind of figured out how I want to go about doing that. Uh, and so I'm calling that series Deep Dive. And with that, I will be able to tag the episodes like I do all the other episodes, like Let's Talk, colon, whatever. I will be able to deep dive, colon, whatever. And so that way, you know what episodes you're getting. And uh, there's only going to be like one of those a month. <laughs> because the typical month has four Sundays, right? The first Sunday of every month is now dedicated to the State of the Podcast Address, which then leaves three Sundays. Two of those Sundays will be the more regular abstract creative episodes that you have been getting on these Sundays, and then one of those Sundays will be the deep dive episode. Uh, and that is in no particular order. It, whatever Sunday gets whatever episode, it is what it is. You just know that there's going to be two of one and one of one and then you already know that the first Sunday is to say the podcast addressed. So yeah, there's that. That idea is out there. Now that I've said it, I have to commit to it. So boom, bada bing, bada bop. Back to the main topic though. <laughs> We're talking about guns. Guns, baby. Everyone loves talking about guns. It's a very controversial topic in America. Although it's really only controversial like right after a mass shooting. And then after like the hoopla from said shooting dies down, the conversation of gun control and like gun reform is once again benched for other hot topics. Uh, but hey, we're still gonna talk about it anyway. <laughs> uh, but whenever the topic of gun control or the argument about gun control comes up, uh, the argument's usually whether to strengthen gun control laws or leave them as is, right? And this has become like a cornerstone position for both parties. And like this was heavily debated during uh, the 2020 election, like with most conservatives of the belief that the laws should remain as is, I mean, if not with, you know, some slight adjustments, while most liberals of the same mind that, or of the same mind, I should say, are of the same mind that the law is need to be stricter with few going as far to say that normal citizens shouldn't even have guns at all right now while i personally do agree that gun violence has been a huge problem in america uh i also do believe that stricter laws will more than likely not have an effect on the issue as a whole right and hear me out here Right. Because like the argument for stricter gun laws always hits a wall at the Second Amendment. Right. Which is the right to bear arms. And like those against any change to the current gun laws, they argue that changing them, such as putting a limit uh, on how many guns a citizen can own, like that would be an infringement on their constitutional rights. Right. As well as, well as you know, their freedoms uh, assigned to them just being an American citizen. But the counter-argument to that tends to be that the amendment was written in a different time and that they need to be adjusted for our current way of life, right? And like both arguments have a strong defense, 
but I believe that the government as a whole just lacks the power to really make any change, at least to the problem of gun violence. Because the problem, from what I see, is more on an individual level, right? And so, from 1982 to May 2021, there have been a total of 117 weapons used in mass shootings in the United States, right? With 83 of them being legally purchased, and 16 of that 117 being illegally purchased, and you have 18 uh, that are unknown their origin, whether they were purchased legally, illegally, unknown. And I got that statistic from Statista, and I'll have like the link to all my sources in the episode description, so you can check that out and confirm what I'm saying. Uh, but in a study done by an epidemiologist from was it, Pittsburgh Graduate School of Public Health, I believe, yes, it was found that eight out of 10 gun violence cases, the shooter wasn't the legal owner of the gun, right? But instead, they were using a gun that was legally purchased by someone else. So like if we attempt to create like tighter gun laws, such as like requiring a more in-depth background check or requiring the psychological evaluation before purchasing a weapon, that more than likely would not have an effect on that number since it's more likely that the person purchasing the firearm is not the same person using it in these mass shootings. Right? And like along with that, the addition of these laws would technically be able, will have to be able to be enforced by law enforcement. That's a requirement for determining the effectiveness of a law, right? It's the ability for the law to be enforced by law enforcement. And a new problem arises when it comes to that, which is how effectively could law enforcement actually enforce said laws. Now, there has been a change to the background checks in America in terms of purchasing a firearm, right? Uh, stronger repercussions if gunshot owner doesn't do it. And then, I forgot what the other reason. There's also, uh, they, they go more, a little bit more in depth at the current moment and actually uh, forgot where this stat was from. But that has blocked 300,000 gun purchases, a little over 300,000 gun purchases in America. It because of the new, more in-depth background checks, right? That's a positive, I see, because in the past, probably those people may have gotten uh, said weapon. The thing is, though, with how the fact that guns are usually legally purchased and then used by the person who did not purchase them to commit these acts of violence, it's like, where? what have we solved? necessarily that, that that's 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 where i come to at this like topic at right it's like the problem is that we gotta work with people like like what is making people do this right i i think it's more on a psychological individual mental level than it is you know, with the ability for the government to just, like, you know, write a couple new laws into place and the problem be completely solved. Because you also have to bear in mind that whenever there's a law prohibiting something, a new market opens up 
to illegally transfer said product, right? You look back in the 20s, was it the 20s or was it the 30s? They did prohibition? I think it was the 20s. Roaring 20s. Might have been the 30s. <laughs> One of those two decades <laughs> where they did, they had prohibition, which then uh, created the rise of speakeasies, which were underground bars where they could sell alcohol uh, under the noses of law enforcement, right? You look at the uh, criminalization of many drugs, but most specifically marijuana, right? That then leads to everyone being a plug all of a sudden. <laughs> but yeah, they're, they're, once there is a law blocking or prohibiting something, a new black market for that uh, very thing then sprouts up. And the thing is, the people that want to do bad things, they will go to that black market to, to, to get those things, right? Like they will, whether that's purchasing uh, illegal drugs or in this case with me purchasing illegal guns, they would, they would still do that, right? It's just now that there would be regular people that wouldn't have access to the same weapons, right? Because like even with, there was the, uh, the idea brought up to ban assault rifles, right? Okay, if you were to do that, people that use assault rifles to commit crimes still would probably do that. They would just buy their assault rifles from the dark web. And then people, <laughs> people that use assault rifles not to commit crimes, they now don't have them, right? So like, you're, you're not really, you're not, you're not really attacking the source of the problem, right? That's, 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 that's the way, that's the way I see it, at least. Right. And, and if the purpose of introducing gun reform is to reduce the number of violent crimes happening in the U.S., then you're not you're not achieving that desired effect. Right. Because if you look in the U.K., right, where it is illegal for a citizen to own a gun uh, between May and December of 2020 alone, there have been over one point six million violent crimes committed i got that stat from stripe and out of most of these crimes the most common weapon of choice was a knife or a machete right so other forms of mass violence in the uk they, they've included you know terrorist attacks if you look at this uh this statistic as a whole you have other terrorist attacks involved in this uh, but those have also been carried out with either large knives, bombs, uh, or vehicles, and or vehicles, really. And so, if you look at that evidence, it kind of makes it kind of clear what the true source of the problem is, right? It's the individuals that are doing the damage and causing the most harm. The weapons are just a tool that they are using to enact said damage, Tightening the laws may inhibit the ability for these individuals to obtain the weapons they want to use, but doesn't necessarily inhibit their ability to still enact mass violence against the population. So then that doesn't give you the effect that you're looking for, which is to reduce the amount of mass crimes being committed or mass violence being committed, right? And like, 
I don't believe that there is a cover-all solution to solve the problem. Uh, you know, tightening gun laws would, or at least could possibly decrease mass shootings. But like I said before, like criminals will always find a way to obtain firearms despite any new laws being put in place, right? And it doesn't account for the other ways that a person could carry out mass violence toward the public. Right? I think a good start uh, would be to find a way to better track possible homegrown terrorists. Like when, like when they raise red flags, you hear that all the time. Oh, this person raised red flags. This person raised red flags based off of their internet searches or history or the communities they were a part of on the internet. Most of this is from the internet. <laughs> but if, if you then actually act upon that, then you would better prevent them from actually carrying out their plans. Right? Because if you look at many of the mass shooters in the past few years... Like I said, like almost all of them of all the time have reportedly raised red flags, but nothing was done. And then you're like, okay, well, we should have done something back then, and then this wouldn't have happened. Yeah, you should have, but you didn't. Hindsight's twenty twenty, ain't it? <laughs> and so if instead we had a way, a policy, an agency, I don't know how you go about it, but a way to actually act upon these people that raise red flags to then deter them from committing the crimes. I think that actually would be a start to solving the problem, right? Like, I don't believe the problem is really with guns or no guns or restrictions on the purchase or possession of guns. I'm more of the mindset that the problem is on the individual level and Anything that is on the individual level is pretty much impossible to legislate. But if you like today's episode, if you know the podcast, don't know I always got so high right there, give it a like, give it a follow, good rating, all that good jazz. Let me know what you like. Of course, if you do like it, share it with your friends because good friends give friends good things and you want to be a good friend. So make sure you give your friend a good thing. If you want to follow on social media, it is at guy without a hat on the IGs. And as always, 8 a.m. Eastern, that is some thunder. Hopefully the mic didn't pick that up. <laughs> 8 a.m. Eastern, same time, same place, every single day. And yeah, hope you have an absolutely amazing day. Don't forget to drink plenty of water and stay hydrated. Don't forget to have fun this weekend. And I will see you tomorrow. Have a good one.